Hey, what's up there, out there, all you missionaries? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bad Tribble. I just want to let you know that, uh, unfortunately, once again, we experienced a little bit of audio difficulty on this recent episode of The Michelle Mission, our review of 1976's Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. It was 125% not my fault. Um, I take it on the chin all the time. This one wasn't me. Yes, St. Vince, when we did our mic checks, everything was fine. Time to record the show, and Vince had somehow inadvertently turned his microphone off. I did what I could to um, adjust the audio so that you can hear the bulk of his commentary. Um... There are some words that, you know, some lines that get missed uh, when we start kind of like talking over each other a little bit. But for the most part, you can hear Vince's commentary and critique of the film and his banter back and forth with myself and our very special guest, Kennedy, of the Black Tribbles. Um, But that is um, a problem of the show. And unfortunately, we record uh, the day before the show goes live, and there really was no time to re-record the show. Um, so I hope you, you know, bear with it. I think you will still enjoy the show. I still think it's 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 worthy to be, you know, worth worth listening to. Um, not an interesting conversation, and Kennedy was a great guest, and um, she'll return shortly to the show. I'm sure, but she got her baseball jones out of the way tonight with our review of the bingo long traveling all-stars and motor kings enjoy Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, it is Vincent Williams. It's all Soul Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, what we are doing, we are going back into the bicentennial year. Yes. The year of 1976. Where we will be reviewing Billy D. Williams, James Earl Jones, Richard Pryor, and a favorite of mine, Stan Shaw. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. In Bingo Long's Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. And this movie was a selection because it is a very favorite yeah. of the one and only superstar of the blurred world. Kennedy, aka the Storm Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. Hey, Kennedy, hey, what's up? Kennedy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for such a lovely introduction and thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, this was your selection. <clears throat> yes. To um, I think when we announced the Michelle mission, she said, I got bingo. Got bingo. That's like, all right, it's all good. Um, because you are a longtime devotee of baseball, correct? Yep. Oh, nice. I, I love baseball. Baseball is life. I live for it. 
for me, life exists between spring training and the World Series. What was your introduction to baseball? Was it your father that introduced you to it? Um, yeah, probably. I would say that's fair. Um, Dad would take me to all the games. You know, if we got Eagles games, we would go. Or tickets, okay. rather. If we got Sixers tickets, we would go. But... So he introduced you to all the sports. Right, right. But baseball is the one that I, I loved the most. Um, I couldn't tell you why then. I know it's the one I was best at playing. Okay. Um, coming up, so uh, obviously you know you develop a an affination, affinitation, if an attachment to <laughs> the sport you're best at, you know. Right, right. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just I dug it ever since. My great grandfather, my my mother's grandfather, liked baseball too. Um, so it was kind of there, just on both sides of the family. Um, so yeah, I like it. I'm the kind of nut that can listen to baseball. On the radio, yeah, 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 and he's out. So, <laughs> and we're waiting for them to change. Let's talk about ballpark pranks. Yes, ballpark pranks ball coming prank. to you from when you call them. That's ballpark pranks. <laughs> Brought to you by National Hebrew. National Hebrew, the best in kosher pranks. Coming up to the plate, Mikhail Odubel. Oh. Bill's having a good year. He has, he has, he has. Great year. It's great hair. He just won recently. The best hair of the Phillies. And you're like, okay, whatever. This is when you're washing dishes. <laughs> this is when your team's not doing good. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise it's like, and uh, swing and a miss. Uh, holidays on fire today, folks. Don't He's just... betting 250, but my God, look at his mane. <laughs> okay. Now, people that... that love baseball and especially love listening to baseball on radio the one thing i always hear is that they they have a, a there's a certain voice for radio in their head when they hear it like people grew up on vince scully over in la and mm-hmm. here in in philadelphia harry callis for a long time it was harry callis is that the voice you hear of, yeah it's that? it's still weird listening to the radio and not hearing him yeah him and richie ashburn yeah you know maybe not so much richie ashburn Obviously, though, that, that, that's cool as heck, being, you know, Ashburn Alley and whatnot. But uh, just hearing Harry Callis commentate in baseball or just having anything to do talking about baseball. Him and James Earl Jones, ironically enough, I feel like are the voices of baseball to me. Because okay. um, really? ba- think about how many movies James Earl Jones has been in that are baseball oriented, right? Field of, League of, the, uh, Field of Dreams, he was in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandlot. Sandlot. You oh, know, you right. forget he's in the Sandlot. Yeah. That's right. Um, in my mind, the Sandlot is actually an unofficial sequel to Bingo Law. I would take that. Yes. Yep. Sure. I, I always think that, that he's yes. actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seconded. Larry Carter. He's Leon Carter. Leon Carter. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because, yeah, Bingo Law. Well, mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Because there's a scene where he, in in The Sandlot, where the, that character talks about playing alongside Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. or knowing Babe Ruth in some yes. capacity on, on, on a first-name basis. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to think if the timelines line up, right? Leon Carter... It certainly yeah. does, Leon yeah. Leon Carter gets pulled up into the majors at some point after Bingo Long. It's possible. Or they just play together. Right, 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 right. Huh. Ooh. See, this is why... This is why I like Vince, ladies and gentlemen. This is why. I'll now put down the mic for the evening. <laughs> Thank you. Um, ooh. Uh, we're going to get into Bingo Long traveling all-star and Motor Kings um, yes. deeply. Because but, but, you have to say it. 
the whole title. title. You do. You can't like just say. There are people who say Bingo Long, and then there are people who say Bingo Long in his traveling all stars and Motor Kings. We like to thank everybody that (laughs) gives us their feedback via the Michelle Mission at gmail.com or follows us on Facebook at Michelle Mission or on Twitter at Mission Michelle. Um, Via Facebook, we heard from our um, longtime fan, Robert Monroe Monroe Jr., Jr., who wrote back in in regards to a few films that we reviewed. All right. In regards to our review of Get Out. Stay woke. There you go. He said, oh God, I saw... I haven't seen this yet. You haven't seen Get really? Out? Really? Wow. Get Out is an ex. I know. I just want to go see it with someone, and I have no one to see movies with, okay? What do you mean you don't have any some, anyone to see movies with? I don't. My sisters have their own lives. All my friends have seen it, clearly. Well, Okay. So, do you want to make a plea right now on the show mission? I feel like, and, yeah, and I'm sure no. we can find someone to go to the no. movies with you. No, I'll if see you would it like eventually. to go to the movies with Stop Kenneth, it. To see Stop. get out. Be like no, 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 no. Find her on Twitter. How did no. they reach you? No, at no, thank you. <laughs> dot com. No, no, no. I'm just saying, if you're going to spoil it, let me leave the room. Oh, we're not going to spoil it. It doesn't spoil it. I mean, we're not going to spoil it. I mean, it's it's no real big twist. Doesn't matter. Like, okay, all right. All right we, we won't spoil. We won't spoil. We talked to Robert about this. This does not spoil. He says, uh, "I saw Get Out last weekend, and I may go see it again this weekend." It doesn't talk. This film is brilliantly constructed. It, it's, it's Kennedy crazy. is holding her ears yeah, now, ladies and gentlemen. It is crazy. Uh, this film is brilliantly constructed, and it isn't until the end of the film do we understand what the characters' words and act actions actually mean and for any african-american male who has been in predominantly white situations a, a lot of that film rings true i had so many of the same conversations about obama and athletes and i've had white women feel my arms and comment about how strong i am oh robert's feeling himself uh it is it is so uncomfortable i felt like they were going to ask me to open my mouth to check my teeth and reach into my pants to check my Johnson like I was on the auction block. It's one reason why I don't like being around white people too much. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. There you go. So, Stay woke, Robert. Stay woke, Robert. He also, Stay woke, Robert. He also wrote in regards to our review of Mississippi Masala. Yes. Um, and, and specifically about the scene where the two stars are talking on the phone with one another. Yes. And we talked about how that was akin to a sex scene. Yes. He said, brothers, that scene with the two stars talking on the phone while on their beds was incredibly erotic. Yes. When her sheet slipped, I was done. It's, it's an amazing scene. It was, it's an amazing moment. It really is. Um, I'm realizing now that Robert is reviewing is is writing this in real time. A lot of people like writing their thoughts in real time. I love the real time. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, He said, "Think about films about the African American community and other ethnic groups, um, and thinking about them. Check out Faking the Funk from 1997. Oh, I've never heard of that. 
1999, Catfish in, in, black, in, beans. in black Bean Sauce. Yeah, with uh, Mary Alice. Oh. Your favorite. It's... Your favorite and my favorite. And only one of those is ironic. <laughs> mm-hmm. He also says, I'm with Vince. All right. Four months isn't enough time to meet anyone's parents. My wife didn't meet my parents after four months of dating. I had no idea how long she was going to be around, so there was no need for her to meet them. Besides, she had to be vetted first by my brothers and my friends before she met my parents. And for any brothers who are listening, never, never, never go meet some white girl's parents in the middle of nowhere unless you are strapped. Because if you go missing, hashtag we tried to warn you. I feel like four months is not a too short of a period to meet somebody's parents. Me I think neither. four months is too short of a period to go on a weekend trip up in the woods with I don't, somebody's parents. I disagree. When you meet them for the first time. I, I disagree. Lynn, four months. Dog, you can't even get off of probation at UPS in four months. How are you going up in the woods? You know what? If I go on Nike ID and design some Air Force Ones, I can't get them in four months. Four, see, first of all, four months, y'all ain't even really dated. Because the first month, y'all doing that stuff. You, you know, what work with me here, Kennedy? That is my you, entire dating experience. You dated somebody for four months. That first month, y'all ain't even really dating. Like, you're talking to each other. You're doing that thing. Like, like when you see it on National Geographic when the spiders <laughs> kind of walks around <laughs> each other. Yeah. Like the male spider's trying to do his The thing. games, the games. It's the games. The games. The games. The, games. the yeah. cakewalk. I, I, I have not, I'll be honest, had to deal with any of that because I don't do well with games. Four months? Four months are you going up in the woods to meet somebody's parents? Then I haven't had a relationship last that long in a really long time because I don't get past the games. Oh, okay. Well, Kennedy's not going. No, no, no. And obviously you're not going. Come on, Lynn. You know what? Look, I, I think that after four months... Lynn... Yeah, but Lynn also puts out on the first date. Oh. Oh, so Lynn's easy. I would say that Lynn is not easy, but fast, certainly. Fast. I like fast. <laughs> Some would say it's just skilled. <laughs> Some being himself. <laughs> Some being himself. Oh. You know. <laughs> Lynn, if you told me... Vince, the tribbles, we going up in the woods, we gonna do some tribble stuff up in the woods, and it's gonna be me, and it's gonna be super tribble, and it's gonna be that tribble, and this tribble, and I want you to come up in the woods with us, we gonna spend the weekend in the woods. I'm not going with you. <laughs> you wouldn't. First of all, it sounds like a weird sex thing. Like, like the way you, the way you kind of bill it, it sounds like a weird. No, the way you bill it, you yeah. just build it that way. No, Nobody. Do you know how many people woods? would 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 pay good money to go up on a weekend excursion in the woods with tribbles? That sounds like a weird sex thing. That, no, that sounds like a fun sex At thing. Worst, you're gonna hunt me for sport. What I'm tribbles get up don't there hunt? And somebody's gonna go tribble, la 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 la, <laughs> and then you're gonna start hunting people. And and I love you. Like, I love you, man. Oh. I ain't going up in the woods in the woods. Well, what's the reception like? Well, you know the reception is spotty and we gonna drive together, so you just bring a bag and get in the back seat. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> so I'm certainly not going up to meet because like we're talking about the white part of it, which is important. I mean, let's just be real. Like that's the, the paprika on top of it. But I ain't going you know, up good well the they don't use nobody. no damn paprika. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going up in the woods after four months with nobody. All right. Neither is Robert Monroe. So when me and Robert Monroe actually meet face to face, it's going to be in a Starbucks in Center City with lots of witnesses. <laughs> That sounds like how did internet date in 1996? <laughs> Y'all are foolish. Um, Mark Turner also wrote us. Hey, what's a, up, Mark? In regards to Mississippi Masala, another excellent episode Thank given you. to the community with your covering of Mississippi Masala, gentlemen. It was stated during the course of the show that it would be good to see more films that touch on the African American community's interaction with immigrant communities. Can either of you name any other films that depict similar exchanges such as this one would provide a great window in onto relations between communities of color in this country? Only one I can think of off the top of my head is Do the Right Thing. And, and I think Do the Right Thing is a good one. And the aforementioned Catfish and Black Bean Sauce. And uh, Crooklyn for relations between northern black folks and southern black folks. Okay. When she goes down south to visit her extended family, his family, for a little bit, and she's just like culture shocked because they're so very country. Um, although they're not really that country, but they're definitely southern. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely below the Mason Dixon line. That's, and, yeah. That's also the part of Crooklyn where you actually have to stop watching it because you fool around and you cross that line of demarcation in Crooklyn where Alfie Woodard dies. I know. Like, and then it just gets weird just, and sad. Just, like, what just, happens? Man, like, the last 45 minutes are Crooklyn just. They're rough. Destroy parts of my soul. Like oh, well, we can't have that. So, yeah. Don't watch that movie anymore, Vince. Right. Next week on the Michelle Mission. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a perfect setup to me. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe it's just me, but um, I see that coming. Uh, we also got an email. And now I'm not exactly sure whether or not this email is in uh, 100% regards to uh to the show mission per se but it it did talk about something that we we talked about it's from a fan that follows the show mission and as well listens to um via the black tribbles uh gutter talk our comic book show oh, yeah. where we were talking about like um great black and white teams Okay. Um, like uh, team ups, and they asked, "Had I ever watched the TV version of Lethal Weapon?" Yes, saying that it's really good. I was skeptical oh. skeptical that Keenan Ivory Wayans was the right choice, but the show has done a great Isn't it job. Damon? I, to say, I, think it's Damon. I think it is Damon, but he, he wrote Keenan. Um, Sheesh! Uh, but the show has done a great job of adapting the property. It's Obviously made some changes, but I think they were all for the best. Even their casting of Tom Lennon as Leo Getz worked out. I was hoping for Patton Oswald, but Lennon was at least uh, was the least annoying, and of course they left him open for for him to come back. Signed, Chris Goodnight, aka Saint Saucy. Um, I have tried to watch that. That is an awesome monkey, eh? Chris Goodnight, isn't it though? Aka Saint Saucy. It is. Um, I like it. Yet I still, but we do have to call you out on that. It's not Keenan. It is Damon right. Wayans, the more, in my estimation, in my my belief, the more talented Wayans brother. Um, I like Keenan. No, I, it's not for not liking Keenan, but I just think Damon is a more talented one. Do you have you you watched that? I've not watched it. You know, I, run, I actually run a little cool on the Wayans. I'm not a big fan of the Wayans in the general, but right so. 
I'm a little cool on the wing, so because we've talked about it before, like we're sort of spades tight with good television. Mm-hmm. That like it has to be something amazing to squeeze into my hand, and Lethal Weapon just it ain't amazing. Like like not for one second was I going to watch Lethal. Like I've got like three episodes of um the Expanse on my DVR right now. So. <laughs> That's far more important. To right, right. Like I'm falling behind. Like I just caught up with feud last night, and you know, so. I, now, Kennedy, you look incredulous when he said that he's a little cold on the wind. How? Not cool. Not cool. How? Cool. How? How? I mean, I get it. It's been a, a long fall from grace, right? This long time since *In Living Color*. Yes. But at the same time, In Living Color happened because yes. of them. And, and all of those boundaries and, and stuff were kicked down. Like, I, I get it. They haven't propelled the momentum that they built with that forward. But at the same time, like, that was a certain age in, in black television that has yet to be replaced or reseen again. So I, I, I get it in the sense of being cool on them because they're not necessarily current. But I, I still put them up there as like this conglomerate of funny well, I, well one i would argue as far as that that age of television i think it's being matched by what's happening in television and on on the online media today and some of the some of the um, programming that is there but it's about the wayne specifically i think you have keenan who is a, a a talented director and a good writer and a good and a good, writer. a good writer. He's a good writer. Um, you have Damon, who's proven to be a very good comedic actor, and you know, okay comedian. I never really liked him as a comedian so mm-hmm. much, but but as a comedic actor, he's like top notch. Um, and I think Lost in the Sauce is their sister, Kim. Kim. Mm-hmm. Kim, who who is shown chops to be a phenomenal actress when she's given the the opportunity to be there to do it and then unfortunately you've got the ones who are really carrying the name forward in the last 10 years which are um sean and marlon sean and marlon and they both are bad like Mm. marlon was good in requiem for a dream and everything else he's just been bad and 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 honestly my my instinct is that my gut is that marlon is actually the most talented like raw talent but he just takes low-hanging fruit okay like i don't think he pushes himself all right and and besides in living color i always just thought they're just really broad like they're not as smart as a lot of their peers Mm. Like once you get past and live in color, mm. like you know, I mean, even like we were talking, we talked a few weeks ago about like Black Dynamite and Pootie Tang. Like, I don't think I'm going to get you sucker ages that well. No, it doesn't. So you know, I'm cool towards them. Some of them are doing different things though. Kim, in particular, she's got a very popular and well published children's book and a series they're on. So their their focus has just been placed in other ways in some cases. Okay, but again, but that's Kim. Yeah. And, and and I'm not knocking Kim. I think Kim is is tremendous. And anyone who saw her in Pariah I was about to say you're joint. Yeah. yeah, if you see her in Pariah, that's that's a Kim Wayans that nobody has really seen. She's so powerful in that film. Um but 
that's her. Keenan hasn't really, if he's done anything, it hasn't shown. And, and, and whatever he's done hasn't made much of a blueprint, you know, so I'm not going to say that he hasn't done anything because I don't know. But, the, um, and Damon, you know, Damon, he had a, a second, you know, coming up with my wife and kids right. and that proved to be successful for him. And now he's just like collecting a check as far as I'm concerned on lethal weapon. Well, ain't nothing wrong with it. Now his, his son seems to be doing good stuff and choosing right. interesting work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who, who says the, the future for the Wayans clan is certainly bright in, in his hands. Yeah. No disrespect. <laughs> I'm not. Mm, mm. I'm just saying why mm. he asked had I you asked that I seen it. I said no I hadn't seen it. I just, <clears> like I don't know what would have that like 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 Fargo's coming on in a few weeks. Oh no, I get it. I'm I'm particular about what I'm watching on television and presently anyway. Back but. in June. Like, you know, stuff is already loading up. Queen Sugar be back in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's it's just so many hours in the day. It's just it's only so many hours in the day. I want to pay close attention and then we're going to get into the movie. Okay. I noticed recently that on HBO, HBO's got their big commercial out for their new app, HBO Now. Mm-hmm. And of course, on the commercial, they, they highlight all of their shows, right? Right. Now, on previous HBO commercials and highlighting all their shows, they show like quick cl- clips of all the shows. And they've shown at least one, and like they barrage, like that 30 second clip will be about five clips from Game of Thrones. Of course. You know, about two or three from Veep. A couple from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. They have to smash cut girls into mm-hmm. there, and then they they show at least one cut from Insecure. Yes, and as well as then they they cut to a picture of the app, and they show all of like the little shows on the app of one of which is Insecure with Issa Rae's big smile. Yes, on their most recent commercial, I have noticed that Inse- not only is Insecure not one of the clips. Mm-hmm. But when they cut to the scene of the apps in a row and they show like a hand going up, you know, moving it up, sliding it up, the hand is, in my opinion, strategically placed so that it is over Issa Rae's. Okay. So, and it does not move from Issa Rae's, um, the, the, what would be the block for insecure. And thus, as far as that commercial is concerned, Insecure doesn't exist. Now, I understand that Insecure was picked up for a second season. Yeah, like I said, she just announced yes. that it's coming back, I think, in June. But I do think that was very conspicuous that she was not on that commercial. And and I and I looked on the internet to see if I saw the, like any like news breaking about maybe them breaking ties with her and or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I didn't see anything. But I just want to keep it on on your radar and my radar right, right. that it may be something they may be doing something to Issa Rae checks and balances this isn't going to work because I'm the person that immediately believes every conspiracy whatsoever about black people <laughs> <laughs> like if I think about like like I, like whatever you say as soon as you say it I say I believe it and then like like two hours later I'll think about it and say okay well alright maybe that's not true but like right now in real time you're saying it and I believe it's a conspiracy against Issa Rae Right. Like immediately. Right. Like that's my. So let's talk about it next week. <laughs> and then, like, let, let it marinate. Let me think about it. And then I'll say, okay, well, I don't know about that. But, but right now, I'm right with you. Okay. All right. 
we'll talk about it. Um, but right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into 1976's Motown Pictures production. Yes. Bingo Long's Traveling All-Star and Motor Kings. Kings. In the 1930s, to play ball in the major leagues, you had to be white. To play in the Negro League, you had to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Bingo Long and the greatest congregation of athletic talent ever assembled in one place at one time for one purpose. Play ball! They say you're a pretty fair hitter. So they says. <laughs> well, hit this. Billy D. Williams is Bingo Long. James Earl Jones is Leon Carter. Ball players got to overthrow the owners and run the team's their own sale. You think we can do that? Do what? Overthrow the owners. Sure. Same day we turned white. Richard Pryor is Charlie Snow. From now on, I'm going to be known as Carlos Navarro. <laughs> I'm going to break into the mergers as a Cuban. He can hit, he can run, he can score. Buenas noches, senora. Can I buy you a drink? The Bingo Log, traveling all-stars and motor kings. What you going to do about this mess, Sally Potter? It's your picture what's leading this bad detergent. You're all-stars against mine. One big game down in St. Louis. Barnstorming in the 1930s. It was daring. Just drive me off at the baseball park. It was demoralizing. Come on, this wonderful lady. It was downright dangerous. You gentlemen checking out? Who would have thought it could be so much fun? Long's Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings, a 1976 comedic sports film about a team of enterprising ex-Negro League baseball players in the era of racial segregation, loosely based upon William Brashler's novel of same name. It stars Billy D. Williams, James Earl Jones, Richard Pryor. It was directed by John Badham and produced by Motown Productions, distributed by Universal Pictures back in July of 1976. Um, this film would go on to uh, to some accolades. It actually in 2008 was nominated by the American Film Institute for the AFI's top 10 in sports film category. And this was the selection of Kennedy, a.k.a. the Storm Trouble. So, Kennedy, why? does bingo longs traveling all-stars and motor kings mean so much to you and what are your 
thoughts on the film. I found this movie in the Fishtown Library in 2008 hmm. oh, okay. um, when the Phillies were doing super, super, super extra well. So baseball, everybody all of a sudden was a baseball fan. And I was kind of bitter because, you know, where were y'all past couple years? <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever, it's fine. As long as we're playing good, it's great. And, uh, you know, we didn't have, I didn't have cable and I was looking for movies to watch and I was going to the library and cause the library's free and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there it was. And I looked at this movie and I said, what is this? Like, how is, what? This, this is right before everybody had a smartphone. This is right, right before mm-hmm. you could Google something like in your pocket. You know what I mean? Um, so I was like, uh, let me see what this is about. I do love me some James Earl Jones and R- Richard Pryor. I was on a Richard Pryor kick. That's also what it was. I just got yeah. finished watching a lot of his stand-up and stuff. Um, so it kind of fell right into there. Anyway, I took this movie home and I was just like, the newsreel sequence in the beginning is what threw me for a loop. Because I was expecting a very, you know, they describe it on the back of the DVD case as a comedy. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole lot of almost a minstrel show. Going right, on. right, right. Um, but the newsreel solidified it and gave it roots in a, in a element of sports history of black history of American history. Um, when you think about the weight that baseball had on this country at one point, mm-hmm. um, that I had never seen in other movies before, you know, I knew about the Negro leagues obviously, but then I'm a baseball nerd. So I'm going to look at that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I had never seen a movie that talked about Negro league baseball, let alone, you know, shown any type of insight into what these people were going through or, had gone through after the fact or whatever the case may be. So, uh, you know, and they just fall right into it. And the, and the culture of baseball is still there from the invite pitch and, and the crowd participation and, and all of the things that make that sport fun to me to watch, to be a part of, you know, people get so bored with baseball if it's a slower game, but they're used to football where things happen in the blink of an eye. They're used to hockey where used to basketball where yeah. things, if you're not paying attention, you miss a play and that's it. You know, it's not like watching it from home where you can see a replay. If you're courtside and you look away to check your phone and someone dunks, you're yeah, it's it. You don't see it, you know. Whereas with baseball, all you have that time between plays, so you can sit and talk with the person that you're there with. You can, you know, put put dollars under a bottle of Coke. But let's see if they can hit this invite pitch and talk all that smack if it doesn't happen. And, you know, bet bags of peanuts or day drink as it is nowadays, you know. <laughs> yes. Dollar dog night. Let's go. Um so the whole point of watching a game like baseball is to pass time. It's to chill with the people that you're there with. Obviously, if it's an exciting game, that's all the better. But really, you're there to in, in immerse yourself in the culture of this sport. And you know, the very opening scenes of this movie put that in a perspective that I had never seen before. Like I don't think I've ever seen uh, a baseball game that was filled with people that looked like me. You know. Mm-hmm. You might on the field now with, you know, everybody coming from Panama and the Dominican Republic and all of these black Latino countries, there's blackness on the field still. Um, but very rarely will you see a whole lot of people talking a whole lot of black people, black people smack from the fans, you know? So just hearing the stuff that they were saying to each other, like, you know, that bat ain't got no hole in it. She's swinging for, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just, 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 Oh, I mean, I love talking crap at baseball games. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, just, just seeing that. And, you know, the dynamic between pitcher and catcher with Billy D Williams and being playing bingo long and, uh, James Earl Jones playing Leon Carter, that pitcher catcher dynamic is something that I always, um, really resonated with playing catcher. 
um, one of the few instances that I was able to play. Uh, and then just building the team around it and just when you realize that at the end of the day, these people set this this uh, barnstorming team up, this all-star team up because they had gotten sick to death of how their owners were treating them, right? These are black owners owning right. these black teams in yeah. this black oh, sport, yeah. and they're still doing their employees, for all intents and purposes, dirty. They're not paying them enough. Uh, they're docking pay for dumb stuff. Oh, yeah. um, you know, all types of corruption and, and mistreatment and, and things that you would expect that they would run into from white teams during the Jim Crow era. But here they are dealing with it from their own people too. Um, so much so that they run into sabotage, they run into issues and they start trying to play other teams. Okay, well then great. Let's play the Jews. Let's play this, you know, white bread, middle America, Kansas city team, whatever, um, whatever, just to play the sport. At the end of the day, all they wanted to do was play ball and, and be recognized and be compensated for the talent that they brought and um, I just just found it intriguing because, like I said, I had never seen anything like that before. That representation matters so much um, when it comes to not only you know taking historical account of what happened, really, um, even if it is you know taking licenses in this movie's instance, but also you know just just the imagery of seeing black people watch other black people play baseball. Just it's so it's so it's delicious for me, almost to the point where I can overlook you know some of the <laughs> production faux pas of this movie. You know what I mean? Because they they're there. You know what I mean? You can tell. I always describe describe it to people as it being a black exploitation movie that talks about Negro League baseball um, because it, it does kind of have that that very you know chintzy kind of budget. Like you can tell where all their money went. Like you can tell that some things probably got missed in the editing room floor, whatever the case may be. There's lots of ADR. Oh my God, the ADR. Oh, the dubbing in this is just so, so terrible at some points. So I'm not going to sit here and act like it's the greatest movie of all time ever and deserves every award of all time. But I feel like it's something that people should at least be aware of. Right. At the at the very least. If you like baseball, great, watch it. If you like sports, then you need to at least know about it. So I can understand it making some type of list. Um, you said it was AFI, the Film yeah, Institute. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Vince? You're a big '70s movies I, I fan. Am. This this kind of hits a couple. This almost hits the Vince bingo. I, I think. I'm Ooh. Kennedy. I um, I'm a fan of a film that depicts parts of of Black history that aren't necessarily discussed. And you know, even in 2017, I think you can list on one hand with some fingers left over. Films that really discuss the Negro League. We actually looked, we looked it, up. it up. There's, it's just this one, and this is the only feature film, and the right. only other one was Soul Soul, Soul for the Game. Yeah, which was the HBO film. Exactly. Right. Right. And even that, which is was which was my second point. Even when people talk about the Negro Leagues, it's always within the context of a player getting called up, and we always use that term up up mm-hmm. to the white leagues. Yeah. So that, you know, it, it's almost like the Negro League is the background. Right. So just on, on that level, I'm a fan of this film. And, and kind of like you, I think this film was my first real introduction to Negro League culture. Mm. And everything that, when you know, you know the, the shadow pitching and everything that, that you barnstorming and all of that. You know, I'm a fan of the Motown films. 
like just in general, like that kind of Motown film, period. And this this fits very neatly in there. You, you know, kind of it was audacious enough to be a period piece about baseball, right? Yeah, movie. like you know the fact that they'd even make this movie about this, and and you know it's 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 an example of the type of film that we've kind of talked about before, where it's almost infectious because everybody in the film seems like they're having such a good time. Yeah. Like it seems like Billy D. Williams and James Earl Jones and Stan Shaw and Ted Ross and you know all these people. Stan Shaw is Esquire Joe, right? Yes. Yes. Esquire Joe. Yes. Yeah. Esquire Joe. Oh, yeah. Son, does you do this constantly? No, sir. I does this you all the time. time. <laughs> you know, Mabel King and, and they're just like everyone's just having a really good time. And and I think that helps to um that helps to compensate for some of the shortcomings. I mean, besides the technical shortcomings, I think it's a very slight film. Yes. Like like, you know, the plot it like the plot almost gets in the way mm-hmm. of everyone having the good time that they're having. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. And then this time when I saw it, I don't I feel like I feel like I was intrigued by the barely subliminal love story. Between, between Bingo Long, Long and Leon and Carter. Leon Carter. I'm telling you, that's that that's that picture catcher like, relationship. Like there were moments in like when it got to the point where they danced together, I was looking like, is John Badham just messing with me? <laughs> like, is he actually messing with me through time? Director John Badham. Because at the end of the day, right, people don't really realize the fact that the catchers are the one that are calling those throws. Right. They're right. the ones signaling to the pitcher because they're the closest to the batter. They know how they're standing. They know how they're going to switch their swing. They know what their what their strongs, their strengths are. They know what their shortcomings are. So they're going to call the pitches that will will get this batter out so at the end like of the day. They're, they're like a spouse. You got to you got to be that close. It's like a and and grant yeah, it's granted you know, pitchers are fantastic because they can throw these things at 90, 80, 98, almost 100 miles per hour. You know, you can pull off a knuckleball or, you know, an invite pitch, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's not caught. Right. You know what I mean? So, and so they if it, need each other. They need each other. Yeah. And I realize, you know, it's Billy D. Williams in his prime Billy D. Williamsness, but there's no love interest. I mean, there's, well, there's no heterosexual love interest for him. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Like, it's Billy D. Williams in pure Billy D. Williams moment. Yep. But it's no ladies around. And then that's when I noticed the blossoming the blossoming love story mm-hmm. between Bingo and Leon. Mm-hmm. Blossoming. They had been romanced for for several innings at that point. You know what I mean? So, you know, plus, saying. plus, that's a, that's a young James Earl Jones, too. Oh, barrel chest. That, that's huckabuck James Earl Jones. He had the taco meat out and everything. I said, Lord... <laughs> What is going, Mister? Someone come get Mufasa. There Someone. Big, there was big. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jacquees Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, and style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands 
also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Things coming up in this room before y'all walked in. I said, damn. He's talking about his penis. I said, yes. (laughs) You said he's talking about his penis. She said, yes. Totally different perspectives. Yes, going on here, ladies and gentlemen. I was so excited. <laughs> so was he. I was like, "Yay!" And she talking about some no threesies. I said, "Shoot, <laughs> just make sure I'm hydrated. We can take turns. We call it batting practice." Um, what are we talking about again? <laughs> Oh yeah. Even you know what? That's completely erroneous because I never really found Billy D. Williams attractive in any real way. Um, you respect him because he's Billy D. But I, uh, and there's the mustache. There's ev- there's everything. There's the S curl. So, what, you know. I'm I'm good. I think that's actually a perm. Uh, well, I, like that's an actual sit down and, and perm. Well, I am also relaxed on him, <laughs> so you can forget it. But. This was director John Badham's first film. This was his directorial debut. You, oh, wow. you know what he would go on to direct? Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. I think the next year, right? The, the very next year. Wow, I did not know this was his first film. And, you know, so he, like, blows up the spot with yeah. Saturday Night Fever. And then after that, two years after that, he directs uh, Frank Langella in Dracula. Oh. Which was an, an adult- underrated version. Yes, it is underrated. It's an underrated it's, 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 version. It's, yeah. Uh, Frank, it's Frank Langella and um, Lawrence Olivier, I believe, is in that movie as well. Okay. Um, and then he would go on to direct Blue Thunder, War Games, Short Circuit, okay. Stakeout yeah. with uh, Richard Dreyfuss. He was a real 80s dude. A Bird on a Wire. He did the. He, he's done a, more than a few films, but it all started all with the Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. Oh, and what did you think, Mr. Webb? I'm scared. Please don't, please don't destroy my movie. I love this movie. Oh, that's what he does. And then I love this movie. Please, please be gentle. Please. please I'm not gentle. going to destroy this movie. Here we go. However, oh, I did. I wanted to like this movie. Oh, oh my god. god! I wanted to like it more than I do. I don't mind the movie. Because one, just like you, this was a movie that I I originally found because of wanting more of Richard Pryor, and then you see Richard Pryor who doesn't have a big role in no, him. His yet. best scene is trying to explain how to calculate a batting average. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I, I took notes because I don't ever know how to do it either. In case we need to fact check. Well, they they never got it right. No, they never got it right. So I had to Charlie Snow. Charlie Snow didn't get right. Well, Charlie Snow, aka uh, Carlos Nevada, Carlos Nevada, aka Chief Tamahawka. Yeah. Um, But you know, of course, that that was an actual ploy. Oh yes, big time. Big time. Yeah, big time. He, 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 you know, this this movie is, you know, it pulls from history. Right. You know, for those of you that haven't seen this, this ridiculous subplot that Richard Pryor pretends. To be Hispanic because he says Cuban actually Cuban because he says that Hispanic players can go into the um the big leagues the big the white league whereas of course it's segregated and black players can't go in. but there were there are several documented cases of black players pretending to be Hispanic pretending to be Indian mm-hmm. you know and then play you know which just kind of shows how ridiculous segregation was but 
Very much so. So I uh, so that's how I found this film, and you know I love Richard Pryor in this movie. Um, I like James Earl Jones in this. I am not, I'm I appreciate young James Earl Jones, but I do think that in most of the movies that I've seen, young James Earl Jones, he's a little bit too over the top for me. Like in in uh, Claudine, yeah. he's a little over the top. About the Great White Hope. The Great White Hope, he actually, while he is a little bit over the top, he's, he downplays it a little bit more, especially in some of the boxing scenes. But he is, he's still, he's like all arms. He's just, he's just very physical. Mm, and yes. I understand that. Yes, yes. I yes. understand that. And, mm, mm, and I also think that James Earl Jones, for all his talents, is not the, is not that well served in comedies, or at least in the comedies that oh, I've seen him. I've seen him in. Um, I I find his his acting just doesn't doesn't work for me comedically. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what he's trying to do, and I appreciate what he was trying to do in in this film because in this film, while he's still trying to be funny, he's given more of the serious role because he's right. the person. He's, that, he's definitely the straight man. Right. Yes, because right. he's the one. He's not going to once they decide that they're going to have to like you know quote unquote coon it up a little bit when they start playing for the uh, playing against the white teams. He's the one like yo, I'm not going there. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I appreciate that. That's what he has to do. But at its heart, and the direction by John Badham, it's 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 telling that his next film it's incredible that his next film is Saturday Night Fever, as well as that movie is done, because this movie is not well directed. But I wonder how much of that is him versus the editing. Because mm-hmm. Barry Gordy as a producer on this film, and we do know that Barry Gordy has a heavy hand hands on. on in it's all of his products. And, and and many and more often than not to the detriment of the films. because um, he's a man who, you know, sees he himself has a vision. He yeah. feels like he has a vision. He's he's more of an auteur in his mind than he is actually in in talent. Um so I think that that, that might be the one of the failings of this film and then the biggest failing to be honest is billy d williams he just really is not very good in this film Mm -hmm. and i found when i was watching him wanting like there were scenes where this was tailor-made to be like like a Billy D. Williams coming out party for him. Cause you think in 1976, he's not too old. He's not too young. He's right in the, like he's, he's in the miss. He's in the, he's in prime Billy D. Williams mode. Oh yeah. And, and the reason why he, I think he, um, is feels a little lost in this film is because he doesn't have a woman to play off of. Right. He's used to being just being able to settle on his looks, play off his looks, play off on just, you know, dropping, dropping his voice an octave and talking a little slower. You, you know, know, it's a year after Mahogany. So like you said, this is it's prime. Like, it's, this is this you know, is the time for right. Billy D. Williams. It's, it's interesting when we were talking about um, I was listening to our first binge lounge and we were talking about Howard Rollins and how Howard Rollins at that time in the mid 80s was kind of like being built up to be the second coming of Sidney Poitier right you forget that in between that time that was Billy D. Williams time Billy D. Williams easily if he had the chops he he could have been the leading man yeah he could have he could have done that that's true yeah, and, that's true. and I think this film is indicative of that. It's interesting that you you both pull out his scenes uh, with James Earl Jones and the 
the chemistry that you feel in in those scenes. I feel it they too. Were clearly doing it. I, but I feel it, though, that chemistry because in those scenes, James Earl Jones being, it, as much as I may not like him in comedies, the more confident actor, you know, it, he takes he becomes the leading man in those scenes. And Billy D. Williams is Diana Ross mm. in those scenes. I did want him to just take Billy D. Williams in his arms and carry him away. Well, he damn near did because he moved the girl off to the side and started dancing <laughs> with him. And then, then it, it was a conspicuous swipe oh. Oh. <laughs> of the, of the oh. cutting. It's so, the next day. The candle is burned halfway down. <laughs> so you don't. So you don't know. Don't make that face, Kennedy. So I just accept it in your heart. Accept this love. I just feel like maybe, maybe again, thinking from a baseball perspective, that kind of closeness. Like you need to have that kind of closeness. No, I don't have a problem with that closeness, but I'm just saying in a film where this is Billy D. Williams' moment to shine, there are scenes where outside of the dancing scene, there right. are scenes where it's the two of them that Billy D. Williams is supposed to be the guy in right. this scene, and he 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 can't he can't take it. He can't do it. There are scenes where he is um, against. Um, Oh, Stanley Potters. The you just said the actor's oh, name. Ted Ross. Ted Ross. There are scenes where he's up against Ted Ross, and Ted Ross is just is just I mean, crushing him in so, the scene. So, so maybe maybe then that's that's. I never looked at this movie and thought, okay, this is Billy D. Williams and the cast of Bingo Long's Traveling All Sorts. Mm-hmm. I never looked at it that way because, for whatever reason, I felt like there. I don't know enough about movies from the 70s to figure out who should have been the lead at that point, right? Right. Like, I could tell that these people during the time frame were supposed to be, you know, notable or names or something. I didn't know who they were. So whatever weight that was supposed to carry was completely lost on me. All I saw was a dynamic between this pitcher who was used to showboating and this catcher who knew how to rein him in. Mm -hmm. And that was it, right? And Mm -hmm. To me, the movie was about the both of them. Rather than just Billy D. Williams' movie. So I wasn't expecting him to, you know, stand off or shine, shine off, really, um, any interactions on scenes with other characters. Like, I just, because at the end of the day, pitchers do one thing really, 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 really well, but it's only when they have somebody to, to rein them in and to control that power that they so have. So you saw it as an ensemble. Yeah. So we shouldn't, okay. See, and I wanted to see it as an ensemble, but then the other characters are drawn so broadly and then not really given but so much room to shine. I mean, like, Richard Pryor is the third build in this film, and yet he really is not in the film that he's maybe in it, like, total screen time, maybe 10 minutes. I'm almost convinced Richard Pryor did Barry Gordy a solid by being in this. Because even, like, you could tell even with the editing of the footage, like, when they showed... um, when they when when they recruited all the players, and they had a little short vignette where they showed them recruiting all the players. Yes, the Charlie Snow sequence was just footage from him in the car. Uh, exactly, and, and it's basically a voiceover. All of those intercut scenes that we were talking about with them figuring out the averages, you could tell that they shot all of those scenes at one time. Yeah, and then just interspersed, in, in, you know, spliced it within right. the film. So I was thinking, wow, I. I bet Richard Pryor was only on set maybe three or four days. Shot all his mm, scenes. Because there was that scene where he got cut up because he was dealing with that woman. and That was one of the scenes. I mean, <sighs> one of the days. You could do that. You, uh, technically, you can kind of like do that in a day. All right, all right. I'm not going to yeah. fight y'all on this. Jeez. No, no, no. <laughs> Richard Pryor clearly is not 
part of the ensemble. Like the well, rest. right, but he was the comic relief at True. the end of the day because there were scenes during this during when they were barnstorming, right? Where you see where they're actually practicing because mm-hmm. how else are they supposed to practice if they're driving themselves across you know the south to play these you know run of the mill places? Like these guys are throwing the ball at each other between moving cars and making plays. Like I don't know, maybe I was just so caught up in the overall you know umbrella picture of what this story was trying to depict that i wasn't expecting as much from you know the production element in terms of like the editing and how how Mm -hmm. you could tell how choppy it was um and you know whether or not billy d was shining against or shining more so than anybody else right Right. like i was just thrilled to see a movie about baseball and i I I mean i'm not i I mean lynn is lynn's a fun killer so maybe oh my i'm glad i'm you know what it it makes me feel so good yeah. To hear somebody else notice that because yeah. I, I feel like maybe for a minute there, for a minute there, I thought it was just me. You know what, Kennedy? I pray. <laughs> I do. I'm 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 always in prayer, and, and you know I think about it and I try and keep my head right. And, 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 and you know you just gotta just call on them. Call on them Lord, give me just, strength. Just, just working with them. Just call them. Because help me, Father. Do it. Won't he do it? <laughs> It's true. So that's all I do. That's what I, I don't know about how you handle them on the trip. I, but here, I just I, I just pray. You're right. I ought to because all I do is get upset. I so perhaps I should probably don't do that. Don't do that, Kennedy. Okay. Put your hand in the hand. Okay. All right. But I agree with you. <laughs> I think the spirit of the film. I, I think the this sort of documentation of this culture. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the fact that some of the minor characters are played by ex Negro League Negro League players. So, yes, you know, like like all of that, all of the stuff in the infield, like the um the uh not to cut you off the um the owners were some of the owners. No, no the owners are actors. Yeah, the owners okay. were actors, but some of the players. So like when they were doing the the, the shadow ball mm-hmm. stuff in the field, like they were actual Negro League players. Like, wow. Yeah. So you know, not some of like the bigger names. Sure, but, sure, but, sure. Yeah. I. I do think knowing Barry Gordy and knowing sort of the history of Motown films, that your read of this as an un, in, as an ensemble is a failure on Billy D. Williams' part because I know Barry Gordy intended this to be Billy D. Williams hmm. and everybody else because that's yeah. just how he did with with um, Billy D. Williams. But you know. Hmm. Fascinating. Yes, Lynn. Is there anything else you'd like to destroy, Lynn? I'm not destroying the film. How do you feel about kittens? (laughs) I love kittens. But but the thing is, there is no but. I love kittens. I love them. Unfortunately, my my girlfriend doesn't like kittens. I would have a cat today. I love cats. I do. Properly declawed. See. (laughs) Hey, I've I've you know, I've seen the damage. Um, but. Uh, I don't mean to be a buzzkill on this movie. It's just that this is a movie that I really, re- I really truly wanted to enjoy. Like the whole scene where they come into the town and like the guy tell they come in through the back roads because you know they want to come in to see their people. Right. And and the the shop owner 
you know, he basically tells like, no, man, y'all need to come in doing a cakewalk, you know, right, and, and right. kicking the mule. You got to kick that mule, kick that mule. It is such a fun scene. That's a fun scene. Mm-hmm. So when they then cut to them coming into the town, I want there to be so much energy in that. And I understand that it slowly builds as to they get to the blacker part of the town that it does kind of build. But really, it, it that energy is not there. And it's and I'm like. Oh man, come on. Well, maybe that was part of their experience, right? These are ex Negro League baseball players barnstorming in cow splat, you know, Alabama. Yeah. Whatever yeah. energy they think they're going to bring is not going to build to the degree that I'm sure they want. No, I understand. Right? But, it, but, but I understand that the energy, the energy of the, the crowd. May not have built. What you mean? That the film itself. The film itself should have done better, and and the and and with it, the acting of that scene should have been done better. I understand that it was trying to show them as just kind of like off the cuff doing it, but they seem to be very lackadaisical, like. Like basically, the director said, "Okay, now y'all, you know, y'all cakewalk." Right. Not really much thought given into well, that. Did you first see this film? I like saw. How long have you? How long have you been watching? Oh, wow. Long? I I probably saw it when I was in my teens. Right. So you've been watching it for yeah. and and just the spirit of it doesn't or or you just talking about just- the, the, honestly the spirit of it as much as I again especially in the movies of this time mm-hmm. when you're talking about Uptown Saturday Night you're talking about let's do it again you're talking about which way is up the Richard Pryor Richard Pryor yeah. movie which is a crazy movie right. makes no sense story wise right. but, but there's, the, energy. there's energy yeah. there that just powers you through there and and this film which was about baseball which I do like baseball and I like most baseball movies and I and I enjoy a good base a good baseball game and a good baseball movie as much as the next guy I like sports films for the most part and most of the sports films that I like more than boxing are baseball films so i really wanted to love this movie i really wanted to get into it but it just it didn't lift me up as a kid when i watched it i thought it was kind of cool i thought their costumes look kind of you know the costumes but their uniforms look kind of dope the way that they you know all colorful and stuff like that they definitely had like a harlem globetrotters type of vibe to them so i dug that um and but as I got older and older, this film did less and less for me, and and, and I well, think that's the reason. Sounds like it's your fault for being old. <laughs> you hmm. know, you know what I like viewing <laughs> that. Um, I don't know if if I've appreciated them as much in previous viewings. Ted Ross and um, Mabel King. Yes, I really enjoyed the scenes with the owners. I did. I wanted more of that. I wanted. More I wanted more of, of Mabel King. What? That's a woman that does, did not get her just due. And I was trying to figure it out. Like I was sitting and I was singing, "Why don't I like Nell Carter from this period?" But I like Mabel King, and I think there's an intelligence to Mabel King's performance. Well, isn't I mean to, to be to be respectful? Isn't Nell Carter maybe a couple like about five years later? They're right in the same because because Mabel King then like. Not long after this, she no she, she locks on to what's this. happening. Yeah, but I think they're both Broadway actors at this point. Well, that, like, okay, they're, okay, they're both yeah. In, like, yeah. Both, and I think I am ninety percent sure that No Carter replaced Mabel King in the Wiz. In the Wiz on, on stage, so they were yeah. right there together. Now, but Mabel, Mabel King 
Nell Carter has always rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like, I always got a little mammy-esque off of her. Okay. But I love Mabel King. And I was trying to think, what, why Mabel King? And I think there's a sexiness about her. And there's she's smart. And there's and there's that, that energy and, mm-hmm. and that whole thing where, where she goes toe-to-toe with the other men, including Ted Ross. Yeah. In a way that I agree with you, Billy D. Williams does not. Mm-hmm. And she's just the best. Yeah, man. Like and her and Ted Ross were fantastic. He was so cruel to her in this movie. He, oh, he is. Oh, oh, him and that cigar. Like, you want to punch him in the mouth. Call her a side. What do you say? No well, better than to get married to a server of pork. Your side of pork. <laughs> she, and she kept getting She was, I mean, but her digs weren't as, as severe no. as his was. But they didn't have to be because she dominated everything. Listen, so he a grave digger. <laughs> Plus, you know, and I, I love I love the fact that she's sexualized. I'm glad you said that like, because doing it, she's you know doing her thing. She she I've mean. always found Mabel King to be like sexy. Like even when she was on What's Happening, and she was it is something rock. about me. So you, Katie, you already know the conversation was going this way. I had no idea. Oh yeah, and you know what? We're very free. As I think about this. And this may this may be weird. Ooh. We may be uncovering something now. Okay. Because the crowd think I have, I have a um you know certain things that just turn me on. Okay. And it's bare some, shoulders. Bare shoulders, knee high knee high boots. Pretty smiles. Yes. And, I know lens I know lens things. And rap dresses. Oh, that's right, that's the other one. Oh, she did have one of rap dress in this movie. Which was totally not period, but whatever. Okay. Len was cool with that. I'm telling you, Nate King, like you said, on what's happening. Oh, my she Lord. Yo, sometimes she would come walking down those steps. Well, she that just... was Rosella was always trying to get down. And I'd be like, yo, yeah. that go out my woman. <laughs> but think about how sort of transgressive that is for yeah. that period. And even now, like a woman Mabel King size yeah. to sort of be so in control of her sexuality, to so kind of um be presented as this sexualized figure and it's not played for laughs no not at all you know it's it's not you, you know farce and and she yeah i really appreciated her this in this viewing in a way that i don't I, i've never had before like i said her and mm. Tim ross yeah I, I i i did enjoy this now i do think there is something to be mine because i think another um misgiving of this movie is the writing is not sure how broad the comedy wants to be versus the very serious um undertones that are there to be mined in this story of you know the negro leagues and in the, the time period where it where it was made up um this movie was written by one of the writers on it, it was uh, matt robinson who would go on to be one of the heralded um, writers of television for um, the Cosby show, as well as uh, different world and, and, and many other uh, television, television that um, shows. Um, I think that this is a show that could be mined for revisiting on television. Oh, as a television show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you could really do it do it justice and still be comedic i think this this is a show it's been a long time since there's been a show that was kind of like a true serial comedy in the way that mash was 
And I could see this Bingo Longs Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings being that type of show if revisited on See, I wouldn't want that because I I couldn't stand MASH. Well, okay, but... Couldn't stand it. So uh, so the whole serial comedy thing, I don't know if that would serve it well. See, I don't don't even know if I'd want to see it in the series. Like, I would... I don't even know if I'd want them to redo this story in particular. I would love to see more movies about Negro League Baseball. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see movies about, you know, women in Negro League Baseball because there were several. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I need to see this again because I don't know if the, I fell in love with the Bingo Leon bromance. And I don't know if anybody out there nowadays that could do that. Well, as well as uh, Billy D and. Not, not, not that's current. You know what I mean. The people that I could think of that would do it are older now. It would be a, like another life with Martin Lawrence and and Eddie Murphy or something like right, that. Right. You know, it would still be an older, more seasoned Blackder. Well, I, but I, I still, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would. I don't know. I, just think, I think some things they just need just to be, just well, be. left well enough well, alone. I'm you know? fine if they don't. I was just in, in watching it again is one of the things that I was. Thinking. Because I feel like there's a certain amount of the, the 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 comedy that they were trying to put in the movie to keep it comedic. There's the the the, the knee jerk trauma response that black people have in this country to make light of you know traumatic situations. The fact that they have to you know break off from their own people to do their own thing, like it's. Mm really that bad and i can't even make this real money because i gotta worry about you know racism institutionally nationally um so that's why i mean even in the scene where they got really down on their luck and had to pick potatoes for an afternoon and billy d was like oh yes i love picking potatoes whoo this that good work and you can tell he was kind of like yeah i'm like sarcastic with it but i feel like that the, the 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 source of that pain for people who were during that age bracket, during the time this movie was made is not as translatable to people nowadays, not to say the the seriousness of the situation can't be related to or empathized with or sympathized with. But I think generation generationally, they were much closer to it. Like they still had, I'm sure at that point in 76, Billy D Williams had an aunt or an uncle or a grandfather or somebody that was alive during the Jim Crow era that if he, even if he couldn't deal with it, could talk to somebody who had actually lived through it and gained some knowledge from what that experience was like. Whereas a lot of people, a lot of actors that are prevalent nowadays, you know, I don't see Jordan Peele finding somebody who, you know, was around back then to talk with them, to, to take that dark comedic thing that he's so good at, you know, and, and translate it again to today. So uh, I feel like some cultural experiences can get lost as time progresses at least in their in their truest state we can talk about it historically we can talk about it objectively and intellectually but you know uh, some people that that's a little further back i think than it's not the civil rights era where there's still people around you know what i mean that mm-hmm. are cognizant and still can function in society or aren't you know completely elderly can talk about it um so i, I just i don't know if that's a, it's a story that can be told the same way the right way again. Um, so it is a tragedy that this movie wasn't as well done as it could have been. You know, I'm not going to say your neck like it was the greatest thing ever, as I said, but I also feel like that was, that was kind of it in terms of doing like a full blown, like actual movie about it. 
It, plus, was, was Jackie Robinson well received? Did people go out and see that? The, the movie, the movie, yeah. Jackie. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to see it. I have not seen it. Why did you not want to see it? Because I'm more concerned with the players of the Negro Leagues. I want to hear. I want to see a movie about Satchel Paige. I want to right, see a movie right. about Tony Stone. I want to see a movie about Effa Manley. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that the story, the story of Jackie Robinson, is no le- is any less important. Not at all. But the story of Jackie Robinson is told so much more so than these other stories because it's so significant that it overshadows the people who paved the way for him. Did you see Soul of the Game? Did you like Soul? No, this is my first time even hearing about it. I don't even know if you could find it anywhere, but that's good. Is it? It is pretty good. Yeah, Delroy Lindo and... and uh, Delroy Lindo, Michalatai Williamson, and... Um, isn't isn't your boy Blair in that? Blair Underwood as Jackie Robinson. As, as a young Jackie Robinson, that's right. I'll have you know, Vince, that now I cannot look at Blair Underwood the same way. Because... Because of... Um, what that movie you guys screened at him out on? Um, what was oh, it? Oh, <clears throat> Crush Groove. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm now I Blair Underwood was like, you know, a Denzel like yeah, archetype. Now yeah. I'm just like, oh look at yeah, yeah, yeah. bird chest. He's good. He's good. He is good. Yeah, he is very good. You can catch Soul of the Game somewhere. Those right. HBO movies are notoriously difficult to find. Right? I wouldn't be surprised if it's not probably on Amazon somewhere. If I dug yeah. for it, yeah, it's streaming someplace. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's not bad. It's like Alien for the director. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Alien Resurrection. The director's. I don't know, Len. I mean, Vince. Would you recommend this film, Kennedy? To a person that likes baseball, yes. To a baseball person that likes, yes, yes, because not everybody's gonna people. So you don't think people should watch it for the historical? I do. Or just as a film? Like, I, I mean, of course, because I like it. So you know what I mean? But but I don't, think, I don't think people who don't like baseball would appreciate it to the way that it could be, ought to be appreciated. You know what I mean? Because of the, so many trappings of it, um, be it editing or budget or, or poor storytelling or poor performance, whatever the case may be. You know, I feel like... Because that's, you know, if you don't care about baseball, that newsreel sequence in the beginning is going to lose you. Mm-hmm. That newsreel s- sequence, I'll be honest, it, you're right. It does set you up for like, and then you quickly given a little bit of an okie doke. You're like, oh. Right, right. You think you're about to see like a significant. Yeah. And even if it's done from a comedic point of view, right. it's still, you just feel it's like going to be a little bit more, a little bit more denser than it like actually proves to be. be um... Damn, what's my movie? Tom Hanks. There's no crying in baseball. Oh, League of Their Own. League like you think own. it's actually going to be League of Their Own, which he you knows is surprisingly kind of dense, yeah, and textured and comedic film. And and I think you're right. It never rises to that level. Would you recommend it? Lee? No. Okay. I would. What about? I say. What about you? Vince? I would. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Bingo Long. I am. But I'm a fan of it again within the context of. I have a real soft spot for those Motown movies. Mm. You know, just how audacious they were in what they tried to do. So, so well, there you go. Two out of three ain't bad. And who Two knows? Two out of and, three. And nobody ever agrees with me. Bad. So check it out. It's <laughs> it's available on Amazon for uh, I think like like two dollars. Yeah, so like $3. um, you can definitely find it on YouTube. Yeah, you can find the whole thing on YouTube. There's a there's a like 
45 second chunk towards the end that it's not there but except <laughs> <laughs> for half the movie no 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 45 second oh, chunk seconds. I'm sorry. that's just not there okay. and you're kind of like what and it happens right when right. like actual so ish jumps off part where the aliens came no i've seen the movie before okay. but i'm re-watching it in preparation for this because right. someone told me that people take notes out this mug i figured let me uh let me make sure well, that i very i'm on my it's a very serious on my endeavor. p's and q's it's, people seem and to feel some type of way that we, we it's a very serious endeavor <laughs> and and i'd like to state that for the record a batting average is calculated by taking the numbers <laughs> notes i'm gonna read these notes <laughs> batting average because the whole joke is that they couldn't figure out how to calculate a batting average right. so then i had to think like well wait a minute how do you get so i looked it up okay and the official rules state Batting average is calculated by taking the number of base hits and dividing it by the number of at-bats. All right? Okay. Batting appearances which end in a base, on ball, or a sacrifice do not count. Okay. Yes. I just, I feel better now. See? We're informative and educated. That's what I do. That's how they do it in the major leagues. In the Negro leagues, (laughs) how many games did you play? Well, that wouldn't give me a very hot, very hot. We're going to figure this out. Give me a second. We're going to figure it out. You know, Kennedy, you can you can speak to this. Hasn't Wasn't that some of the issue with the Negro League players and, and whether or not they could get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, because like, the, the record keeping. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, just. <sighs> there are very few that are in there. Yeah. Hall of Fame. It's, yeah. it's Satchel's in there. Josh mm-hmm. Gibson. Josh Gibson. And I, I know there's probably like about a good five or six yeah, more. Yeah, but they, that, those are the that, names. That was part of the controversy that there yeah. were no quote unquote records. official records. Yeah, that you could look to. So you know, it's a shame. Even that part that was played comedically had this sort of right. historical grounding. Mm-hmm. Yes, if mm-hmm. you were inclined to, you know, look for it. Yeah, I would love to see a documentary about Negro League baseball. There are documentaries about Negro League Didn't baseball. Uh, Ken Burns's baseball have at least it, one episode. It had it had one like almost like two yes, hour I episode. Want, I that want is deep I, on it. I want like us. The whole jo- you want us to do? It. I want us to do a doc. Not us, the three of us, but I mean like us as a people, right? To do a documentary I on agree. on Negro League baseball because I'm sure there's lots of cultural elements that were left out of mm-hmm. the Ken's Burns part because you know there's just some information that not everybody is privy to. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Philadelphia has a, a very proud and rich Negro League tradition. Yep, it's right there on Parkside Avenue. That whole mm-hmm. uh, mural slash park. And it's a fair number. I mean, you know, unfortunately, they're all getting older, but I think it's a fair number of players that either were in the Philadelphia area or, you know, sort of floating around. There's actually an, an entire. I'm about to blow us up. There's actually an entire twenty minute. Um, documentary. Oh, a whole 20 minutes. Well, 29. Oh, um, well, excuse me, all the hell. On the uh, the Negro Leagues, uh, only the ball was white. Oh, uh, it's from 1980, um, narrated by Paul Winfield. Ooh. Um, nice. So that's out there, and that's actually available all online at uh, Independent Video Archive. Um, you can go there and check that out. Uh, I'm looking to see if there's been a fair number of books written about it. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very so true. It's your local library if you're interested. The Reading Rainbow. I was just singing that song earlier today. God bless LeVar. Yo, if we ever get a chance 
to interview LeVar Burton. I'm going to sing that to him, and then I'm going to hug him. Hug him tight. <laughs> Definitely hug him tight. Hug him, t- hug him, hug him tight. Hug him tight to the bazooms. Definitely going to hug him tight. Hug him tight. Feel the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> 103 beats per minute. Definitely 103 per me- beats per minute. You probably want to look down for the sodium. Okay. Um, <laughs> hi, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Kennedy, if people want do want to seriously get in touch with you, you know, to say, hi, I heard you on the show mission. We really uh, 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 like what you're doing. How, I want to know more about, you know, Storm Tribble. What else do you do? Where else might I hear you? How might I contact you. Well, I like long walks in the woods. No. Um, you can find me on uh, the Black Tribbles every week on uh, WPPM 106.5, phillycam.org, People Power Media. Um, you can find me on social media at uh, that Mikey Chick on Twitter and that at that Mikey Chick on Instagram. Um, yeah. Where she'll be uh, taking your, you know, you know, giving you the once over to see whether or not you are worthy of going to the movies. Oh my goodness! With Storm Triple, she needs to see Get Out. Get Out. She needs to see Kong Skull Island. I am definitely not going to see that. I've yet to see Hidden Figures. I was supposed to go see it with Sailor Solar Flare Triple, but she's busy. Oh, you need to see Hidden Figures. Have you seen Moonlight? No. Oh, oh my god. god! I know. I know. You know what it is? I'm so spoiled by our press greetings. That if I don't see them during an advanced screening, I don't want to see it with the general public. But so, I'm so, so busy that I can never. I'll go to the press screening. If I can't go to the press screening, then I need someone to go to the movies with me so that they can pay. I didn't because say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's what I heard. That, that that's what you heard. That's but that's not. But but that's not what thank I you. said. That's oh no! no now it's thank you because it's on your side. Stop it! Go to bed. But that was the implication. No. Y'all didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Listen, (laughs) how do you let me finish? Because I did. Because, because, because. thought balloon, it would have said, because, because, because here's why, here's why this is BS. Here's why. Because this whole take storm to the movies thing was your idea in the first freaking place. So I'm not trying to hear that BS. One, two, had that not blown up and me just go along with it because I'm good showmanship. What I have was going to (laughs) say. Is that I don't need to go with somebody to go to the movies. I have seen several movies by myself. Several. I almost prefer it. I'll go in the middle of the so day. Why have you seen a matinee? Because I was busy. I'm trying to get these coins, boo. Gotta go to work. Huh. What am I gonna do? Go to work or go to the movies? Spend money or make money? I'll make money. Sun stack lettuce, still stack cheese. You should go see Moonlight. I want to. It's on demand now. Like you can, yeah, we'll get it at home. No, I, I, I want to pay for it. You know what I mean? But if you buy it on demand, it still goes to the yeah the, to on demand. Though that's that's cable, though, right? No, no, no you pay. You can you can buy it on rent it on demand. Or yeah, but like I, iTunes or yeah, and the movie and the money goes to the producers. Oh, like okay. I'm not trying to corner you about it, but you do need to see. Moonlight. I know. Oh, again. I want to. Okay. You're like not. You're cornering me. We're arguing the same thing. All right. And hidden figures. You're a big science nerd. I know. I but but like I said, Sailor Solar Blair told me not to see it without her, and we've just our schedules have not. And I would love to see that with my sister. Like, of course. Yeah. She told me she's seen it twice. She said she saw Moonlight. Twi- what did she see you to even t- get out of here? <laughs> 
Get out of here. You was about to kick it up. We got to get out of here. This show will be available on MichelleMission.com, as well as all of our shows are available there, as well as on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and iTunes, where I invite you to uh, give us a ranking and a little... Um, reach around not a reach around give us like a little review because that helps people find the show that actually helps people find our little show really appreciate it um, next week I'm not sure what we're doing next yeah, week it's, you're, you're up oh yeah okay I think I know what we're going to do but I got to double check I got to see if it's streaming um, or you not like me you'll just you'll just announce it and then the then, we'll then find it we'll figure out how to <laughs> What you trying to say, Lynn? <laughs> yeah, so we don't flip flop yeah, my people. I want to see this 1971 film called "Black Dudes Go to the Store." <laughs> Sounds Small entertaining. Independent film out of Wisconsin. <laughs> next week on the Michelle Mission. <laughs> Lord, and then cut to next week at the Michelle Mission. See what had but happened was we had a little technical difficulty. <laughs> so. Tonight, my cousin Earl was the only one with a print. <laughs> so tonight we're reviewing uh, <laughs> how to what was the movie? How does South Central with Marlon Williams? I forget the movie. That oh, don't be a menace. Don't be a South menace. While drinking your juice in the hood. God, is that what you want to do? Hell no. Oh, <laughs> hell to the no. No. Have no. you guys reviewed School Days yet? No. No, we have not reviewed School yeah, Days. Yeah. That's on the docket, but um. We're trying to leave. Shelf. To I know what I know. What movie we're going to watch? We're going to watch Nothing But a Man. Oh, okay, excellent. That's what we will be excellent. reviewing next hole. week. That's a whole. So that's a good. That, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Have you, you seen it? No, I have not. I've never seen it either. So there so, you go. So yeah, excellent. All right, we'll bust that cherry next week on the Michelle Mission, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Right here every week as a radio broadcast on WPPM. LP 106.5 Philly Camden People Power Media blasting out on your radio as well as streaming on phillycam.org For Vince for Kennedy, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for having me. This is Len and parting we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Play ball! It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.